Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coffee in the Library with Pastor Sivale. This is episode one. How does it feel to be here, Pastor? Well, it's it's good. We've been talking about it, and let's see how we move from here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is not our first attempt at this. First attempt was uh, horrific. We'll blame our sound engineers. Uh, so we are uh, recording episode one. In the studio or in the library, we have Pastor Chipita Sivale of Kabwata Baptist Church, myself, Mwansa. We have Willa and Nathan on camera and sound. Uh, and we've got Jesse just hanging around. Right. So in this episode, we are discussing the hot issue of the coronavirus. Uh, everybody seems to be talking about it um, and uh, for good reason. So we want to get a couple things out of the way to understand what is going on. Um, so the question we're discussing today is um, with everybody having a take and panicking, uh, not everybody's panicking, but a lot of people seem to be panicking over the coronavirus or COVID-19. Uh, how should a Christian think about this issue? Um, and uh, yeah, how should they react? All right. That's, that's really a good question. I mean, it, uh, bearing in mind uh, the period we are in, almost it's uh, wherever you tune, it's coronavirus. And uh, to be honest, when this whole issue about coronavirus began hitting the airwaves about a few months ago, probably around December, I think most of us, particularly in Zambia, we didn't think it was a real threat. Mm. Uh, and we successfully deceived ourselves that our skin color gave us an advantage. Yep, a black person can't die of the yeah, flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right now as we talk, in Zambia we have about 39 cases and one death. Mm. And the statistic shows that it's now in 50 countries in Africa and Africa is 54. So meaning only four countries before and Africa is taken. Yeah. And then the statistics also show it's over a million people now around the world that are affected or infected. So the question now is, should there be a difference how a Christian responds from that of a non-Christian? Yeah. And if there is, what should that difference, or what should the response from a Christian be? So firstly, yes, there must be a difference. How a Christian responds from a non-Christian. Mm. And how should a Christian respond? Firstly, a Christian who's come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, in such a situation, they must learn to trust in God's sovereignty. So trusting in God's sovereignty is, is the first response. Obviously, that would be different from a non-Christian because for a non-Christian, they just tend to think this is from the devil or it's the end of the world or things like that. But for a Christian, we are trusting God's sovereignty mm. and trusting and what we mean by God's sovereignty, we're basically saying that characteristics of God and God alone, that makes him to be in absolute control of all things, including all of creations, whether in heaven or on earth. Mm. And so a right understanding of that brings comfort in God's people. And a few passages in the scriptures you could tend to like Psalm 112, verse 6 and 7, that talks about uh, for the righteous will not be moved 
And the reason they will not be moved is that because of they find refuge in God. But also in Second uh, Chronicles, I think chapter twenty verse six, where again the author is talking about God who is sovereign in all things and therefore finding comfort uh, in that. Mm-hmm. And so God's sovereignty in such a time does not mean God is weak or God is powerless. Mm-hmm. No. It just reminds us that he's got the whole world in his his hands. Mm-hmm. And I think C.H. Spedron is the one who said that when Christians are going through trials, God's sovereignty is a pillow where they lay their heads at night. But what should we um, what should we think or how should we behave when the non-believing world the non-believing world looks at us as believers and they they see us as naive uh, whenever we talk about prayer being a, a source of comfort in times like this when we say let us pray the president of Zambia for example has encouraged Christians in the nation to take a day out of this past week as uh, uh, a day of prayer and fasting to bring this before God and there's mockery there's ridicule coming from the world concerning uh, the, the Christian's hope being in prayer mm-hmm. so how can Christians react or how should we behave knowing that w- the very mention of prayer in a time of crisis like this mm-hmm. will result in ridicule from the world well that um, just like when we think of how the non-Christians are panicking, we are looking at them and just seeing a people that have no hope whatsoever. Now, for us, is because we realize that God is sovereign and it is him who's in control of all things, yeah. we will pray. Now, when we engage in prayer, we're not praying so that we show the non-Christian world we are praying because we believe there is a God and it is this God who can help us in such times. Mm. Now, non-Christians believe there is no God and they live like that. Mm. Now, we who believe there is a God, we try to contradict ourselves in the way that we con- we live or conduct ourselves. And even when the president called for prayer, a, a lot of people start living Christians where basically saying instead of us finding solution or in investing in, in, in drugs and the like, mm-hmm. we are busy calling for, for prayers and as if we are saying we are shifting the responsibility from ourselves and putting it into, into God's hand. Yeah. Now, a right understanding of prayer also is another source of comfort because you, you say God is sovereign and therefore I will seek this God in prayer. Mm. And uh, he's told us to pray. In in Matthew 6, you are told uh, uh, from verse 9 on uh, downwards up to verse 13. Again, we are told. The Bible is not, it's, it's just saying, well, if you decide to, if you decide to pray, it's when you pray. Mm-hmm. Taking it for granted that those who believe in God will pray. Mm. And prayer is simply talking to God, his word, or taking God on his promises found in his in his word. Yeah. And God has promised in his word that when you call on him, he will hear. Yeah. Now, what that means is that there will be times when you call on God and he does hear us, but not responding the way we want, by healing the land, yeah. but maybe taking us out of this land and bring us home. Yeah. That doesn't mean he has not 
heard us. And we must not panic. So to to close off this segment, maybe the final question would be uh, what does victory look like? I'm, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in, in this uh, this idea or this, yeah, this this idea that we should know what victory looks like that way we can we can we can assess whether or not we're on the right track Mm -hmm. so christians relating rightly to this issue of the coronavirus at an individual level Mm -hmm. what does that what does victory there look like Mm -hmm. what how how yes how how is the behavior at a practical individual level uh, how can we look at our own lives and go, okay, we are on the right track, we are thinking of it rightly, we are behaving rightly. Mm-hmm. To put it all in one one, one, one niche mm-hmm. statement or one niche paragraph, if you will, what does victory look like for believers? Well, for, for believers, a victory means the situation we are in does not rob us of the joy and the hope and peace that is ours in Christ. Mm. Now, what panic of fear does is that it robs you of that joy. Mm. Now, for a Christian, when we say we're taking measures, it doesn't rob us of the joy that is ours in Christ. So we are saying that whatever measures we put in place, our ultimate hope and security is not in the precautions we're taking, Mm. but in Christ. And Christ has died for our sins. And we have victory in Christ Mm. that today if I died, I'll still be in heaven. It may not be via coronavirus, Mm. but I'll still be in heaven because of what Christ has died. And this is what Paul says in Romans 8 from verse 28 and he goes all the way to verse 36. He's basically saying all things work for good of those that love God. Then down he actually says, you know, these things were more than conquerors. Why? Because there's nothing that will separate us from, from the love of God. Now the difference between the world and Christians is Christ. Christ is the one who makes a difference. Yeah. For a Christian, I can look death and say, should God protect me or not? Yeah. I'll see him if I die yeah. today. For an unchristian, it's just panic. It's uncontrollable fear and anxiety. Yeah. And you could, even now you could see that they thought non-Christians or the people of the world thought they had control over the market forces, they had control over their health, mm. but the coronavirus has actually shown otherwise. Mm. That life is fragile, but we are not in control. Mm. There's someone out there who's in control. And for us, the Christians, we say it's God. Mm. Mm. And therein lies our victory. And so, to everyone listening, of watching, the question must be, in this time, is your hope in Christ or your hope is in the precautions that you are taking? Mm. Because remember, the people that have died are not worse sinners than you. And I'm sure with time we'll get to hear of Christians who have died around this time. But gospel faithfulness brings gospel assurance. Mm. And Christ is our all in all. That sounds, uh, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Uh, we'll take a quick break and uh, get a word from one of our partners uh, before we come back and uh, do segment number two, which is Book of the Week. We'll be right back.
Evergreen Publishers has a promotional offer during this time of COVID-19. As people spend more and more time at home with so much access to the internet, the threat of indulging in pornography becomes even more of a reality. This is the time to reinforce in our minds what sexual purity means and how we can attain it. Evergreen Publishers will be offering Pastor Conrad Mbewe's book, Maintaining Sexual Purity, for 40 kwacha, and for the next two weeks, if you buy three copies, you will get a complimentary copy of Your Discipleship Manual. This is a great resource that can be used to impart precious biblical truths, and with the extra copies, you can give more than one person while you enjoy the complimentary book. To get in touch, email the address in the description, or get in touch with Biblical Christianity through any of their social media pages. Thank you. And we are back to Coffee in the Library with Pastor Sivale. This is a, a podcast um, or vodcast, if you will. Uh, we're, we're doing it both ways. It is a production of Kabwata Baptist Church Media Ministry. We are meeting here in the Evergreen uh, Christian Library. The Evergreen Library. Yes. Evergreen uh, it's, yes, it's over. It's a, it's it's ever agreed. But instead of buying the books, you borrow them. Yeah, they've allowed us to use their premises, and we are very mm. very grateful mm. for that. Um, so, Pastor, what book are you recommending for us this week? All right, thank you. Uh, well, the book that I highly recommend is King Me. What every son wants and needs from from his father, by Stephen Farrow. Of Pharaoh, depending on how you pronounce it. Now, this is an easy book to read, but also a book that will not just encourage fathers, but also men, responsible men, and particularly Christians to read this book. Now, it's a book that the author tries to look at the lives of the kings in the Bible. And then he sees how successful they were at uh, uh, being rulers of the, of, of the kingdom, and in comparison or comparing to how they were rulers of their own uh, at the domestic level. Mm. Now, he shows that most of them were failures. Uh, and that's a challenge now he puts before fathers. And he basically now focuses on three kings, David, Solomon, and Rehoboam. And he wants to show from these the underlining principles of... Uh, what to be a father after God's own heart and what not to be. Mm. And he he shows how David failed to begin with and then later on at least succeeded with Solomon. Uh, David was busy taking care of the world or his kingdom rather mm. and he forgot that he was number one ministry was at a home and he tried to redeem that with Solomon and you could hear what Solomon says in some of the Proverbs that when I was my only, the only son in my father's kingdom, in my father's house, this is what I learned. But also he, he now applies it in a more general and wider application by saying Christian fathers or Christian men must take it upon themselves to disciple men, even within the community, young men, because it is those young men who will become fathers. Mm -hmm. And some of those young men may actually marry your daughters or even young ladies from the church. Mm. And what kind of fathers will they be? Mm. So it's, it's a challenge. When I read, when I read that, it, it was quite challenging. 
but also encouraging that there is hope in Christ and also there is hope as long as you have your kids around your your roof. So why not get this book, read, especially during the lockdown, mm. uh, so that at least you set your priorities right as as a father once more. And what is our easy to read coffee in the library rating for this one? On a scale of one to ten, how easy is this book to read? Well, I'll put it at seven. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's right. it's easy to read and it's a very interesting book. Shows you where the pastor is. Seven is easy to read yeah. for some of you, or some <laughs> of us. Seven is uh, is pretty daunting, but uh, we shall put all the information yeah. concerning the book yeah. in the description uh, below on YouTube or in the description and information yeah. on the podcast. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, thank you. We shall see you and everyone else next time on Coffee in the Library with Pastor Siwale. Bye bye.